Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, we have some huge news to talk about from Days of Our Lives. Peacock, the streaming service, has ordered another chapter of the day's spinoff, Beyond Salem, and two of the show's biggest and most popular alums, Christian Alfonso and Peter Reckel, will be back for it as Bo and Hope. Now, this is a major score, and based on the reaction on social media, one that the fans are super happy about. Now, we last saw Peter on the show in 2016. He returned as a ghost since Bo died the year before in what seemed to be a very final way. So we'll see how he's being written in here. Uh, As for Christian, She very publicly didn't return to the soap when they came back from their pandemic break in 2020, and Hope's storyline felt very unfinished as a result. Never mind how many significant events she has missed in Sierra's life, so I feel this will go a long way in rectifying that situation. Other characters we will see include Ben and Sierra, Steve and Kayla, John and Marlena, Gabby and Lee Shin, and Tripp. Now, they are not the only ones, so expect some other exciting casting announcements in the weeks to come. Uh, The new series will drop on July 11th and run until July 15th. Well, I know it's only April, but it is hard to imagine that there will be bigger casting news than this in daytime in 2022. I am so truly happy for Bo and Hope fans. And it was so fun seeing the celebration spread over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I, I can't think of a better example of the never say never aspect of being a soap fan. You know, if you'd asked me on a scale of one to 100, how likely it was that we would ever see Peter and Christian back in their iconic roles, let's just say I would have put it closer to one than 100. (laughs) Uh, But this show is just not playing around when it comes to getting the most exciting marquee names to be part of the streaming series. And it's freaking awesome. And uh, that's not the only casting news creating a lot of conversation among fans this week because there is also big news coming out of YNR which has announced that the pivotal role of Summer, most recently played by the super popular Hunter King, has been recast with daytime newcomer Allison Lanier. I am so interested to see what Summer's return will portend for the Summer-Kyle relationship, and I certainly hope that the next chapter of the Skyle story gives their fans a lot to look forward to. Well, I'm sure it's going to be hard for a lot of the Skyle fans to accept a new actress in the role. You know, it's hard to remember a time when Hunter wasn't playing her, and I feel it's a tremendous loss for the show. Yeah. But I think it's so promising promising that they found someone they feel is strong in Allison, and I look forward to seeing what she does with the role and how this couple evolves once she makes her debut. We have an interview with Michael Mueller, who plays Kyle in the new issue, and he says that he was really lured back to the show, if you will, by the Diane storyline and exploring the dynamics between Kyle and his presumed dead mother. But what I found so adorable was that Michael said that he was sworn to secrecy about his return, but the first thing he did was call Peter Bergman, who plays his on-screen dad, Jack, to tell him he was coming back. Now, as for his on-screen mom, Susan Walters, they have a very cool connection. Michael says that while Susan was living in Georgia, her daughter was in the marching band for her high school and was at a game where Michael played football against her high school football team, so Susan saw him play back then. Isn't that wild? I mean, what a truly small world. Well, speaking of small worlds, uh, the only in soaps coincidence that Nina not only welcomed a healthy baby while comatose, but welcomed two healthy babies, twin girls who 
Both grew up to live in Port Charles, Willow and the late Mel, factors into a huge week of GH story uh, as Carly closes in on the truth and Alexis's own suspicions about her housemate Harmony grow. We know that Harmony has already killed twice, uh, two members of the same family, in fact, to preserve the secret that she is not Willow's birth mother and that Nina is. And the question is, will she kill again and get rid of Carly and or Alexis if they find out what she is hiding? I have to give a shout out to Inga Cadranel, who is, no pun intended, killing it as <laughs> Harmony goes off the rails. And in the climax to this story, we will be seeing a different version of Alexis because as we've noted before on the podcast, Stephanie Erb is temporarily assuming the role of Alexis while Nancy Lee Gron was home recovering from surgery. Well, we are wishing Nancy a very speedy recovery. And if anyone watched Days this week, they were in for quite a treat with the double wedding drama of Gwen and Xander and Leo and Craig. And our guest today played a big part in the lead up to that story. It's Zach Tinker, who plays Sonny Kyriakis. So let's check in with him and see how he's doing in Salem. Hi, Zach. Hi. <laughs> how are you? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So we are going to get to know a lot about you. Yes, we are. Okay, well, let's start. <laughs> you were born in New York City into a showbiz family and an impressive one at that. I so know. to fill. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to give the whole credit list right now. Your late paternal grandfather, Grant Tinker, was mm -hmm. at one time the chairman and CEO of NBC, and he was mm -hmm. involved in the creation of such iconic shows as the original Star Trek, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, the Cosby Show, Family Ties, the Golden Girls, and Cheers. Your father, your uncle, and your mother are also very successful television producers and or executives. So when you were three, your family moved to California. So tell us what it was like to grow up in Los wow. Angeles. Uh, how'd you get all that info on me already? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was cool. You know, at three years old, uh, I don't think your consciousness is really online, so I don't remember having any, like, uh, uh, feelings regarding being mad or sad leaving New York. But, uh, you know, I grew up in Santa Monica and I, I really loved it. I, I was very fortunate to be able to go to um, a uh, small liberal arts school, uh, private liberal arts school that really honed in on like arts and crafts and like a lot of people who went there, their families were in this. So it was, I was kind of thrust into it. I didn't, I felt like I didn't really have an option. Uh, <laughs> the family and, business. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, I did, like, I did Macbeth in fifth grade, and I did some improv, but I always thought I was going to be a writer, because um, my dad was a writer and producer, and my brother's one, and like you were saying, so many people were on the other side of the camera. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love L.A. That's why I'm still here. Also, I have to be here, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. So I'm curious, when you were younger, like, how aware were you, if at all, of your grandfather's, like, stature in the industry? Zero. 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 Um, it was only really actually when I started auditioning. You know, every once in a while, I'd go into a room. And, uh, and it was usually with older casting directors and they would go, Tinker? And I'd say, yeah. And they would say, like, like Grant? And I'd say, yes. And then they would freak out. But I didn't really understand why they were freaking out at the time. Uh, but now I, I really appreciate, you know, his legacy and kind of the groundwork he, he laid out. Not just for me, but, you know, the industry as a whole. I mean, that, that time of television was such a golden age that, like, I, I've really, I mean, I still don't understand. I'm sure... I'm sure the longer I'm in this industry, the more I'll understand how much he shaped and, and changed it. Mm -hmm. Well, as we mentioned, your father, John, has a very impressive television career of his own. He is currently he the executive producer of one of my favorite shows, the Hallmark series, One Calls the Heart, <laughs> yes, he um, is. which stars soap alum Jack Wagner, a recent guest of ours. So this is actually the second podcast in the last month where we've name dropped John Tinker. Oh! Um, <laughs> your mother, Lori, is a very successful executive at Disney. So did you spend time around the sets of shows they were working on when you were growing up or even I, no, recently? I, did um more, when i was in high school more when i was younger uh i remember it but it was mostly at like the studio where they would write they didn't usually bring me to set but it was like i'd go to uh, the writing room or like i'd be on like the fox lot um but as i got older uh i finally got to kind of come to sets and stuff uh uh but at the same time i didn't i, I grew up around it didn't really like stunned me or sh I wasn't like starstruck I was like oh yeah you know, this is kind of just what it is um 
But again, growing up in LA and going to school I went to, it was just so, everyone kind of did that. It was just, it's just so not impressive. Impressive is the wrong word, but like it's, it's the status quo. So I didn't feel like, oh, my dad, I was just like, yeah. And then that guy's dad is the showrunner of Grey's Anatomy and that guy's dad did it. So, um, but it was definitely, uh, in hindsight, it's definitely, I got very lucky again growing up in that kind of, that circle. Did you get to go to any cool events or parties or award um, shows or anything? Not really. I will say, and this, I'm saying this now, you know, in the in the mix of everything uh, that happened at the at the uh, Oscars, kind of sours it a bit. But I remember distinctly meeting Will Smith, uh, and that's the only time in my life I've been starstruck because he was the person who made me like want to act. There's a scene in The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. There's an episode where his dad comes back into town and then his dad leaves and he has this big speech about how he's going to be successful and a man without his dad's help. And then he breaks down. He's like, why doesn't my dad want me? And I remembered watching that scene and like being like, oh, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I want to do this. Uh, so meeting him was felt like a very full circle moment for me. Um, so that's like the only thing I can really think of where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Okay, so for you, acting started out as a hobby, maybe a school play here, a school play there, but you said that you didn't really set your sights on doing it professionally until you were in college. Um, so right. how, how did that realization come about? Um, I was uh, at a school called Gonzaga. I was an uh, English major, um, planning on just, you know, ironing out my writing skills and stuff. And then, uh, I, this little theater company called Lilac, Lilac, Lilac Stage Company. It was just a very small, they were doing um, a play called Tape. It's a Stephen Belber play. Um, Richard Linkletter uh, made it into a small indie film with uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. And, oh God, who's the last person in it? I can't remember now, but it's uh, now my favorite play in hindsight. But uh, I went in an audition and I got the role and I remember it was our first performance and I got off stage and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And the next day I changed my majors uh, and then I moved back to L.A. and uh, the, the rest was kind of history. I, I was smitten from then. Well, first, let me say, I've never known anyone who went to Gonzaga. I only know it from the NCAA tournament. So, that's first of what, all, yay. That's, <laughs> until they really, really got dominant the last few years, every time I would say Gonzaga, people were like, who, what, where? <laughs> so, um, awesome to know someone who went there. But um, how did your right. family react when you said you wanted to be an actor? My dad thought it was an awful idea. Not an awful <laughs> idea. Uh, they were very supportive. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no matter what I did, uh, both of my parents would have supported me. Um, but they knew, especially my father, how hard this job is. And I think I was a little, uh, um, ignorant to how hard it is. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people just see the successes, you know, the stars and the people, and some people, you know, I mean, one out of uh, thousands and thousands of people does have that easy track where they go for their first audition and their life changes. But for most of us, it's, it's you know, constant rejection. You spend hours memorizing lines and doing tapes that you never even hear back from. I mean, it's a really, really uh, hard lifestyle financially, um, uh, self-esteem wise. I mean, it's just, it's, it beats you down. Um, and I think they both knew what that was like. I mean, especially again, my father, my mom wasn't, uh, back to work yet. She was raising me, but my dad, you know, would go to casting sessions and he'd been on the other side of the table. Um, so he knew how, how rough it is. But, um, I think now that I've kind of proven that, you know, I can do it for a living. They're a little more like, okay, he's, he's got it. <laughs> but, uh, but they were nervous at first for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so when you did decide to pursue acting, what was your pathway into trying to break into the business? Um, what was my pathway? Uh, I started taking a bunch of acting classes, uh, as many acting classes as I could take. I had, uh, you know, a guy I went to for less private lessons once or twice a week. And then I had a class that I went to two times a week and I just did it as much as I possibly could. Uh, I got in 
uh, a manager who I'm actually still with and then I will probably be with for my entire life. Uh, Tim, he's amazing. Uh, I went to a showcase and, and did a monologue from Breaking Bad and he signed me. And then I did another showcase and got my, uh, an agent uh, who I'm no longer with, but, but uh, and now I'm with someone else. But, but I kind of, you just kind of, there's no rule book. You know, it's just like, you kind of just got to figure it out. Um, and then uh, I booked my first role, which was on a show called Murder in the First. It was a TNT show in which I said, uh, hey, Alfie, I was on a school bus and I said, hey, Alfie, you got any red Gatorade? Because I know you always love get red Gatorade. And he pulls a gun out and shoots me in the head. And that was my first, my first appearance on television. First appearance on television, first death first scene, death, first I, Gatorade I shout out. Wow, I so checked many. off a bunch of boxes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say it's impressive then given your pedigree that you could have probably tried to rely on nepotism or other sources to right. try to get your first gig, but it sounds like you did not. You went the traditional no, route. No, I, I, I actually, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day when I do get to work with a relative. I think that'll be a really cool experience. If I, and I know it will happen. But, um, but yeah, everything I've done so far is, you know, pretty much of my own accord, which also feels great. You know, it, yeah. it feels good that like, I, I, I know that I worked really hard at this and like it came to fruition that way. It feels, uh, it feels good. All right. As we're, as we're wending our way toward daytime television in right. 2017, you landed a role on a very high profile miniseries, the law and order yes. on the Menendez brothers, uh, murders. Uh, you appeared in three episodes as Craig Signorelli. Do I have that correct? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Who was a friend of Eric Menendez who testified for the prosecution. So tell us about who you worked with and just your experience on that project that was in general. Amazing. Actually, um, my proudest acting moment to date was on that show. I was in the, uh, I was working. So the lead of the show uh, was, um, oh my God, don't even say it because she's one of my favorite actresses of all time, uh, uh, Edie Falco. So she's plays the, the prosecutor, uh, the, the lead of the show. And, um, and I'm a huge, I, fan isn't even strong enough. I'm a huge Sopranos guy. I mean, James Gandolfini is my favorite actor of all time, hands down. I'm borderline obsessed with it. Uh, and uh, she came up to me after a scene, very, very simply, and put her hand on the, on like the jurors, or not the jurors, the, like the, testimony where I was sitting in like the box where you testify she put her hand on it and she looked at me and she was like hey you're a really good actor and she walked away from me and I just like lost it uh <laughs> but um but yeah that was that was really fun that was my first real big gig and it was a very humbling experience because you know I was still I I waited tables for five years and I worked construction for a year and a half and I did a bunch of odd jobs. So I was, I was working at a restaurant at the time and it was a very weird experience going from set, you know, going to set, being treated like, you know, not a God, but like very well, you know, people ask, what can I get you? Did it? Do you want breakfast? And then going to the, the restaurant where I worked, where I put on my uniform and, and then having to ask people if they want pita bread with their chicken. But, uh, but yeah, that was, I had a, a really, really great time on that project. Uh, Unfortunately, I think it, it didn't perform or explode in the way. I mean, it was right after the making of OJ. So I think they were expecting it to kind of uh, pop in that way. But I, I, I'm really proud of the work everyone did on that. And I really had a great time. And um, everyone was so nice. And it was like my first real, real uh, character I got to do, which was nice as well. Mm -hmm. Well, it was at the tail end of 2018 that you were cast as Fenmore Baldwin and Young and the Restless, succeeding ah, Max yes. Eric in the role. So your casting was a bit of a whirlwind. Tell us the story of landing yes. the role of Fen. It was nuts. Uh, <laughs> I got an audition, went in, uh, got a call back, I think the same day or the next day, got in a car accident on the way to my audition, got to my call back. And I think the car accident almost helped because I was really, really nervous. And then I got in the car accident and then I was just like, screw it. Like, <laughs> and I went in and just kind of threw it away. Uh, and then I got a call, I think the next day or maybe the same day that I booked it. But whatever the day I booked it was, they said, hey, we're going to need you on set tomorrow. So here's like 30 plus pages of dialogue. Can you memorize this? 
by tomorrow. So I was like, oh crap. So I, I memorize all of it. Um, and then I always take like sleeping. I have like melatonin and like a few supplements I take before bed, like valerian root. So I, I popped those and I had somehow gotten my pre-workout pills mixed up. So I ended up, I couldn't sleep. I, I was like, wow, the, my brain is racing and I feel so, and I was up to like 4 a.m. And I finally realized what had happened. So I slept like two hours and I went in. I remember Christian coming up to me uh, and, and Tracy was there too, but I remember Christian was so sweet and nice. And I think I would have bombed because I was just so nervous and I had no sleep, but he was just so nice and kind and, and was like, you got this man. Cause I told him what happened. He's like, dude, you totally got this. You're fine. And it went great. And, uh, and, uh, I, I really, I really missed those peeps. I had a really fun time on that show. I, I luckily get to see them, uh, outside of there. But I think that's the thing about soaps is you really get to know that, that, that family. Um, so it's always sad when you get, when you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a blast. Fenmore was fun to play with. Well, what was it like for you to adjust to just the pace of daytime and this new job? Um, I love it and I hate it. I love it because it forces me to move on. You only get one take usually, but I'm a, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to acting, which, which, you know, I hate most of the things I do. I hate watching myself. I won't watch anything I do. So I, I, I get frustrated at the fact that we only get one take because it's hard for me to let it go. But it's also great because I'm forced to let it go. Um, but it's definitely an adjustment because, you know, you're used to, you do three takes of close-up and then you get three takes of wide and then you get three on, on most shows. And with this, it's once and done, um, which is just so hard when you, when you want to like do the best job and you only get one shot at it. But again, like I said, it's kind of nice because it's forced me to learn to like give it and just let it be and go and, and exist. Ben, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, was closely in storyline with Christian LeBlanc and Tracy E. Bregman, who played his on-screen parents, uh, or still do play his on-screen parents, in fact, Michael and Lauren. I was going to say, Ben is still there, apparently. <laughs> ben is still there, yes, He's yes. Somewhere. Somewhere in the recesses of the, uh, of, of, <laughs> of the hotel or, you know, who knows, maybe an let's alley. Hope yeah, let's hope he's just not on a, a heroin bend. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I read an interview with Christian in our magazine where he described you as uh, bizarrely alike. So I'd love to hear more about your dynamic. Bizarrely alike. Oh, us too? Me and, Mike, <laughs> me and Christian? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are. He, we're both, um, I think the, the main thing that brings us together, and I feel so douchey saying this, but I think we're just two people who really love art. Christian is a phenomenal, not only is a phenomenal actor, um, but a phenomenal painter. I don't know if you guys have seen any of yes. this stuff. So impressive. Mind-blowingly good. Um, and he, more than anything, is just a genuinely kind soul which is i think what i look for in people um you know and i was i gravitated towards him because he was just like i said he's just somebody who wants people to be happy and succeed and do well like he didn't know who i was the first day but he was just so supportive and uh and helpful um and which is funny because that's nothing like me so I don't know, what, <laughs> but, uh, but I think, I think the most, the most ways we are alike is I think we're just goofy. We're just goofy, weird dudes. Um, so I think that's what really lets us bond a lot. <laughs> um, well, when you came aboard, Fenn had to tell his parents that he was quitting law school to focus on music and the character right. also struggled with drug addiction. So there was a lot of meat on that bone there. Um, so right. give us your take on Fenn and like what you enjoyed playing about him, you what know, you enjoyed about I, playing him. I almost, and I brought it up to the producers at the time. I wanted to uh, delve more into the drug storyline. I, I was really chopping at the bit to, to do something with him struggling with addiction and, and the emotional, you know, kind of scenes that would bring. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, a lot of the stuff I did was about singing. Uh, and I think I can finally say now it was not me singing. A lot of people <laughs> have wanted to know. I, I booked, so they had us sing in the auditions and I sang um, the song Michelle by the Beatles, which is very, in, it's me, it's like very in my register. Uh, and then they gave me the song for the show and it was like this upper register. 
And I was like, oh my God. So I, I panicked and I got singing lessons and stuff before we recorded it. And I remember going, we went into the recording studio. It was me and Mal and RC. Um, and we, I remember they said, all right, whenever you're ready. And they hit the record button and I did the song and I could see them talk. And they went, do you want to, do you want to take that again? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it again. And then I do it again. And then they start talking again. And they, they said, Hey, Zach, do you want to come out actually for a second? And Mal was like, so how do you feel about if we gave you like you voice, like you pretend? And I was like, it's great. Totally. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I was saying, I, I really do wish I had, uh, been able to dr- to dive into the drug stuff more. I think there was a lot of meat there that was kind of thrown in the trash, unfortunately. But yeah, and you know, I never say never. Who knows if I'm I'm not, I don't have super high hopes if I'm being perfectly honest. But I would love even just an episode or two to come back more just to say hi to everyone and just play with them for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I don't I don't have particularly high hopes, but. Never say never. Well, uh, what did it mean to you that you happened to score a daytime Emmy nomination pretty much right how, off the bat? For I don't know how the heck that happened. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I thought I did. Okay, but I thought I did pretty good work. Uh, I'm. I was honored, um, but I was. I was a little surprised, you know, because I. I didn't have that much material to draw from. Uh, I think my first episode stuff was in my reel. I know some some other stuff was, but like, I really didn't have a lot to draw on. It was kind of like, I remember Matt, the PR, was like, yeah, you can, if, if you want to. And uh, I was just like, ah, I, I might as well. Um, so that was a huge surprise. Um, now, Fed was part of the younger set on the show, a group that saw you working with Michael Mueller, who plays Kyle, mm-hmm. and Hunter King, who then played Summer, among others. So what was it like being part of that posse and having, you know, younger people to work with? It was great. It was great. You know, it kind of felt like I've, I fit, you know, uh, I fit in. It would have been different if all my scenes were with, you know, Christian and Tracy and then Peter. And like, I would have probably felt a little bit like, why, is, why am I so young? <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was nice to have, you know, a crew of, you know, Cameron and Kate and, and you know, everyone who was there. Um, we all were pretty much the same age. So it was nice to, you know, we could walk places to get lunch and, and uh, yeah, it was awesome having that, that peers, I should say. That's the word. Did it feel different to you to like have a regular acting job to go to? That's one thing yes. about daytime that's different. Oh, it felt great. It felt amazing. Like I said, I mean, I, uh, I, I, you never, never, again, never say never. I, I'm hopeful that I will never have to return to waiting. At this point, I've been doing this now three, three or four years now full-time acting. Uh, but I was really unhappy, especially at the, the last restaurant I was at. I mean, I remember I've never, I never did anything like this before or since, but I remember I was so mad one day at, at I got got into a fight with my manager. I went home and punched a hole in my wall. This is like a, a month before my the booking. And I was like, I need to, I have to get out of it. After I remember looking at the hole first, I was like, are you kidding me? Why? But then I was like, I need to, this is not sustainable. Cause I was just so unhappy. Um, so more than anything for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, the seven years of doing menial jobs and stuff has finally paid off. Um, and that felt rewarding in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, you know, when you look back at your YNR experience, you know, did you, were you, did you hope it had lasted longer? Like, did you want more for Fen? Um, yeah, I do wish it had, la- I, I kind of, you know, it's, it's the nature of the business and I really didn't realize at the time, especially with soap operas, but I felt like I did something wrong because I felt like they just kind of booted me and I didn't really understand that that's just kind of like, it's not personal, just how the business works. But I remember being really hurt, you know, when I, when I left. Because, um, uh, again, as an actor, you're dealing with rejection all the time. It's, it's what did I do wrong? What could I have done different? What did it do? So, the whole, so I remember reading, I remember getting the script where I'm like, yeah, I'm moving to Nashville. And I was like, what? what? Uh, and then, uh, and, and I, yeah, I was, I was upset. I was definitely upset. But again, um, 
that's just kind of the nature of the business. And it all worked out in the end. So Absolutely. Well, uh, in 2019, while Fenn was in Nashville, uh, you appeared on two episodes of American Horror Story in the role of Sam, brother of Montana, played by Billy Lord. Your character, spoiler alert, shot dead by his good buddy. I know, I got shot again. Got shot again. (laughs) Uh, uh, Joey believed, of course, that Sam had slept with his fiance, Brooke, played by Emma Roberts. So what stands out to you about getting that job and working on that series? Uh, Best part of that job was I met one of my best friends named Spencer. Uh, Great actor named Spencer Neville. He's the one who shot me. Yeah, I know. A days alum. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Isn't it a small freaking world? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I remember it was a very hectic because I at the same time as that, I was doing a short film and then I wrapped the short film. I went directly the next day to, to American Horror Story, and then I flew out to San Francisco for 13 reasons why. And it was like all in two weeks. So I was running on like no sleep and it was it was uh very stressful, but I had a I remember meeting Spencer and we just hung out the whole time on set and and now I mean I was just texting with him today he's like I said he's become one of my best friends so that was that's the best part of that Mm -hmm. job okay um and next question tell us about 13 reasons why another very buzzy show yeah it was a blast um you know it was uh luckily my last job hopefully where I ever play a douchey jock that was (laughs) kind of my bread and butter for a little while um but that was really fun you know um everyone that was uh, a really great crew to work on uh uh, and a great cast and like everyone was super nice um i it's it's very hopeful that you know through my career that i've realized that most people are very nice most of the sets i've worked on are very nice so so uh that's been a nice realization to come to too Mm -hmm. i love that well, in 2020, as we all know, production kind of ground to a halt a little yes. bit of a global pandemic. Um, so how did you spend your 2020 and get through that time? 2020 was really rough. Uh, 20, yeah, I was spent a lot of time with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, and then I uh, spent a lot of time at my mom's and I lived there for like four months. It was just a very... Uh, rough time. I was, I luckily had a few projects, mainly one um, that I was kind of working on when, when things were like shooting. Cause we had those periods where like it was open for two months and then it would shut down again. So uh, it's this video game that's, that's going to be coming out on June 10th uh, called the quarry, but I was working on that here and there. Um, but just a lot of lifting weights and listening to podcasts and, writing and trying to be creative but then by like three you're like i don't what's the point (laughs) so just a lot of twirling thumbs and stuff (laughs) oh my gosh well let's fast forward to 2021 when days of our lives expressed interest in casting you so initially you didn't know that the role you'd be playing was out of sunny kiriakis no i didn't know i in my in my audition um i was all my scenes were with sunny funny enough um I was some guy and I was talking to Sonny. Um, but I had been in for days uh, quite a few times. If for one role in particular, I don't remember what it was, but I remember going for the callback and remembering Albert in the room and thinking I booked it. And then, um, and then I got a call from my manager and, and uh, he said, Marnie, the casting director, it's not going to go your way, but Marnie really loves you and did it. And you hear that all the time as an actor where it's like, they loved you, did, but it means nothing. So I was like, whatever. And then fast forward, you know, she obviously kept me in mind and they brought me in for it and they, they called me back and I read with her and I love Marnie. Marnie is, I don't know if you've ever talked to her. Yes. Um, I am the biggest fan of Marnie. She's just the best. Um, but, uh, but then I found out it was for the role and uh, I thought it was initially supposed to just be the Beyond Salem. Uh, there were no plans to go to the mothership show at all. Uh, and uh, I must have done something right because they had me come to the main show after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest was kind of history. It's the stash. There's a lot well, in between. You know, <laughs> I've kind of screwed myself with the stash because <laughs> I, I, I went, because I thought it was only five episodes. So I went in and I was like, hey, can I? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And now I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> so I kind of played myself. 
Okay, so uh, first of its kind, kind of like five episodes streaming installment, very exciting. Right. Um, and uh, once again, playing a recast. So uh, Freddie Smith went on social media and kind of gave you a seal of approval. Yeah, he did. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot, you know. Um, it meant a lot for him to uh, to say that. Uh, and I think he gave me some confidence in uh, being able to do what I wanted to do not feeling, uh, uh, you know, like I had to fill. I mean, I did have shoes to fill, but it would have been, it's okay that if it's not the Cinderella fit, you know what I mean? I don't need to have the exact same shoe size. It can be a little different, a different color, um, which, so it made me feel very confident and taking it on as my own. Um, and I was surprised at how good the reception was. I remember with Fen, it was very, you know, uh, I would go to like, reddit or something and like look at like what people were saying and like half of it was like oh this guy's and then half of it was just trashing me <laughs> and uh and uh and that was i mean that was my first job so you know i every few hours i was like what are people saying um and now it's like i just kind of more trust in what i'm doing but from what i've heard and from what i've seen it seems like overall everyone's pretty okay with me which feels nice <laughs> um, always feels nice to be accepted. Sure. Um, but yeah, Freddie, Freddie kind of giving me his approval definitely helped me feel more comfortable and confident in doing it the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Well, when you came into Beyond Salem, there was at least one familiar face in the mix, Greg Rickhart, Daisy yes. Leo, who plays your uncle Kevin on Y&R. So what was it like to work with Greg in this new context? It was great. I saw him literally last night. Um, uh, it was fantastic. Greg is... Uh, one of the kindest, most genuine people I know. Uh, he's makes me laugh so much. Uh, so it, it made me feel even more comfortable. Uh, and then, you know, it just compounded on top of that with how much me and Chandler got along and me and Billy as well. Me and Billy have a, I love Billy. Billy's a, Billy's a hoot. Um, <laughs> apparently there was... There's like a, there's a, there's a Reddit for the Days of Our Lives forum. And apparently Billy posted a, a video on there to congratulate them on a, whatever certain amount of members they have now. And at the end, he requested that everyone on the subreddit send me a picture of them doing this. So I got an, <laughs> I got an influx of Instagram messages of people flipping me off, which was just fantastic. <laughs> oh, he's a well, Billy. Yes. So. That is hilarious. All right. Well, let's talk about Chandler a little bit more. Chandler Massey, who plays your husband on the show, Will. Uh, I think that, you know, Wilson fans were kind of, you know, waiting to see, will they have the chemistry that we want from this couple? And right. I think the answer was yes. I think people were really pleased uh, with the dynamic that the two of you had. So tell us about uh, meeting him, what your first impressions were. Were they accurate? Um, meeting him was, was great. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect really. But as we started talking, I, I found we had a lot of the same interests in terms of music and sports and stuff. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we had to get pretty comfortable with each other. We were actually scheduled to have our, our shower scene. I think the first or second day of filming, like of meeting <laughs> nice each to meet other. You. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he actually went to the producers and were like, Hey, can we push this just so like we can get to know each other a little more? Uh, and I'm really glad in hindsight that he did that because, like, I think it felt more like kissing my partner after, like, I mean, as much as I could after knowing him for three days. But, like, it wasn't like, hi, I'm Zach, and then make out, which would have, I felt, I think felt a little stilted. Um, so it was really nice to, like, really get to know him and stuff. And I, I love him. And he's, he's a really great dude. He's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time Beyond Salem wrapped, you infamously got to appear in drag. So how did. long did the process take? And what was your reaction when you first saw yourself all dolled up? So the first time was great. It does take a very long time. That's the only part I really hate about it um, is I'm, I have severe ADD. So sitting in a chair for two and a half, three hours without moving is yeah. literally hell for me. Um but uh, but afterwards, it is a. I can't really describe it until you do it. 
it is a very like you feel like a different person you look in the mirror and like you feel freer in certain regards i don't know how to describe it but it was very trippy uh and i, I really enjoyed it like i said the only sh crappy part is putting it on and then taking it off is another half hour because they have to you know scrub the glue out of your eyes and then the first layer it's just a lot could you give jackie cox a run for her money let's just cut no. <laughs> i am not an attractive uh <laughs> she looks great in it i do not <laughs> that is hilarious um okay so obviously you and billy created quite the rapport was it immediate did you did it did it take a minute give us the story give us the bromance i, I mean i think we we're joking around with each other uh uh pretty quickly but um it was really when i came on the mothership show and they, they they've really given us a lot of material together uh i think that it's already started airing but we have a good amount of stuff i think coming up too still um and we would we just make each other laugh a lot i mean some of our scenes just became can i make i remember i was in a scene with him and all of a sudden he starts talking like this in some sort of accent in the middle of the scene and i was like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's, we, just, we just have a lot of fun on set. Before you came to the mothership, there was another Peacock special, which was the Christmas special, a very Salem yes. Christmas. So how did you feel when you heard that they wanted you back and that there would be more sunny in your future with that? I was excited. Um, I was ex I, I was disappointed. When I read it, I was like, oh, I kind of want to be in that because we were like the storytellers. So I kind of wanted to be involved in like the hijinks. Um, but at the same time, it was fun to kind of be the narrator. I'd never like done anything like that. Uh, so that was fun. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, there's something special about those and everyone knows it when we're doing them. They feel different. You know, when we're doing the mothership show, I shouldn't say it feels like a nine to five, but it's kind of like you clock in, you clock out, you do your job. But with the beyond Salem, uh, stuff, it's like everyone kind of lets go and like and it's like they bring in different cameras and they bring in and they do bigger shots and like so it just feels like more of a production uh and like uh, that's always fun to do to you know get in drag and like that would rarely happen in the show because you know it takes so much time and so it's really fun to like get to draw outside the lines mm -hmm. yeah did, do you think that the second time around you felt more comfortable in yes the oh my shoes? god oh my gosh yes <laughs> uh yeah the first time like i said i didn't really know what the reaction would be so i just kind of and i had found out you know like again it's soaps are so their own uh beast whereas you know if it was a prime time show or something i could watch season one or like episode one but like with like soaps there's so many episodes that's like it's really hard to get an idea who, who a character is so i just kind of had to go into it and do what i thought was him from the material i had seen um so i really didn't know what the reaction was going to be but after when the second one came around and i knew that people kind of dug or at least were like okay with the interpretation i gave uh i felt a lot more comfortable mm -hmm. Well, what are your standout memories just in general of shooting a very solid Christmas? Mostly just joking around with people on set, you know, um, that big scene at the end when we're all in the town square, uh, uh, was a, well, like a half a day shoot. Um, and, uh, it was just sitting with like half of the cast and just joking around. And that was like easily the best part. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so for the first time, you are now appearing on the actual NBC Mothership version of Days. So were you surprised when that opportunity came around? Is it anything you thought about maybe doing or maybe um, asked to do? Yeah, I, I was surprised. Um, I kind of had a hope in my heart that it was going to happen, uh, but I was not sure of it. Uh, so it was really nice to get the call. Uh, it felt kind of... I had a moment where I felt like, oh, am I kind of like screwing? Like, I feel like I'm giving the middle finger to Young and the Restless. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm just taking a job. Um, but other than that, I had no gripes. And it was really all, all I wanted at the time was, you know, like you said, we're coming out of 2020. I hadn't worked for half a year, pretty much. 
Um, so it was, I, I was just ready to get back into the game and, and shoot some shots, so to speak. Uh, so it was really nice to know that I would have a job. And I didn't even know how long it was going to be at the time. I thought it was just going to be three months, but then they extended it. And, and I'm still here, baby. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, did you take a different approach in any way? Because now you're really going to be fleshing the character out of Sonny as opposed to doing just like a few episodes here and there. Yeah, um, I did. I, Because I, I, I was able to see some of the comments of what people's gripes were with Sonny the character. Like I had seen like... And not even that I necessarily agreed with them, but like I saw a lot of people didn't like that thought Sonny kind of complained a lot. And I was like, okay, I want to address that. I don't want to make my character complainy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to, I definitely made a, an attempt to add some, some strengths and backbone to him that I don't think I had in maybe the first five. Now that I'm debating getting back into the, uh, the position of CEO and stuff, I, I feel like, you know, I want to really make him a guy who I can see being in the running for being in charge of this huge conglomerate of a company and like uh, bringing the business sense and, the, and some charm, but also the, the, the I, think, I, think, I think Sonny is funny, but I think Sonny is very serious. So I want to like, I'm, I've been trying to find this balance of like not making him too snarky and annoying, but also like having him be funny, but also having him be serious in the business sense. And I think I've started to nail it down. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if people trash it or not. And then uh, it doesn't really matter what I think. And it's more about what y'all think. So We'll, we'll see what fingers get DM'd to you. Well, I will say the scene where Sonny walked in on Bonnie and Justin, you definitely showed your humor there. That was, okay, good. the face was priceless. It was okay, so perfect. Good. Yeah. I, that was, uh, that was my first scene, I think on the main mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, what a way to kick it off. Right. Uh, and uh, you have, you know, also like deep uh, roots with like some soap royalty on this show, just as you did on YNR with a dad like Wally Kurth, not too shabby, uh, and a uh, let's see, John Aniston. stepmother slash lookalike uh, to uh, the the mother Judy Evans. What has it been like to work with them? It's great. You know, um, when you work with people who have been in this industry for an elongated amount of time they just get it more than you. Um, and not necessarily just like, not necessarily act, but like with soaps, there's a lot of blocking and you have to make sure the cameras can see you and you have to make sure you're standing here. So the light hits you in a particular way and they just get it in a way that, you know, someone like me who bounces around, uh, kind of like every few takes, they'll be like, is it, Zach, we can't see you from camera seat, that kind of stuff, which would never happen to any of them. Um, so I'm always, I'm always just so impressed by the sixth sense they have. Um, but they're a blast. Wally's one of the coolest mofos that I've ever met. I, I hope I am that cool uh, when I'm 40 or 50. Uh, I will probably be bald and fat, but let's, let's hope not. Uh, yeah, everyone's great. Everyone's fantastic. I mean, like I said, I've been not just soaps, but I've really never worked on a bad set. I've always worked with a lot of really nice people, so I've gotten very lucky so far. I'm very fortunate for that. Well, you also mentioned him, so let's ask about John Aniston. Ah, he is the funniest dude. Uh, <laughs> very dry, very dry sense of humor, um, but but still sharp as a whip and really funny. Also, just crazy that he's Jennifer Aniston's dad. <laughs> right. It's wild. Yeah, she, she, as a teenager, she was a frequent guest to the Days of Our Lives that you really missed. You, you were I know. too late. <laughs> I was going to say, only, only 20 years too late. Only 30 years too late. <laughs> um, so this week, uh, viewers will have seen the, the exciting climax, the double wedding that didn't go to plan, that Leo. Um, so we saw, of course, Sonny playing a, a role in ensuring that Leo did mm-hmm. not become husbands for life with Craig. 
the fallout right. of that is only beginning to unfold. And Victor is, of course, as we mentioned, determined to bring Sunny back into the business world. Uh, so it looks like there's like a lot of storyline left in Mr. Sunny Kyriakis. Uh, so before we let you go, can you tease what's coming up for Mr. Yeah. Sunny? Uh, I there's a lot to do with Leo, and uh, a lot of it I think is fueled by the fact that. Sonny has a very strict moral compass, and I think he's uh, really intent on not letting the same thing happen to him, being pretty much sexually violated and, and personally violated by someone, not letting that happen to someone else. Um, and I think he's almost feeling like he's being violated by watching it happen to Greg. Um, I think he, he wants the right person to always be punished. And, uh, and Leo is the, the kind of poster boy of someone who gets away with things. So I think that's why Sonny has such a, uh, almost, I would call, uh, not almost, he has an obsession with getting him, which I think uh, uh, can hurt him too, and maybe will, maybe won't. There's a lot coming up. Stuff that I read, and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, just, just wild stuff. Well, can you sum up for us what your day's experience has been like so far and what it's meant to you to make the move from the Peacock streaming show to the mothership on NBC? It means stability and confidence. Um, stability financially and confidence with my craft. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm employed, I mean, look, there's definitely actors who are not very good who have employment all the time, so it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a good job. But uh, I think for the most part, it means you're doing something right, and uh, and it confirms the the crazy, stupid dream that all of us dumb enough to follow this path have. So it feels good. It it feels like uh, validation. And uh, as an actor, I need constant validation. <laughs> Well, I'll give you some. You're doing a great job. You're a Thank great you. Sonny. And yeah. we look forward to seeing everything that's coming up. It will be juicy, so everyone needs to tune oh, in. Oh, very juicy. And we thank you so much for all your time today, Zach. My pleasure. getting to know you more. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Zach Tinker for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.